Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. now. Straight up, two o'clock on this Friday afternoon. Good afternoon, and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns, alongside the one, the only, Sean Gambadoro. Hi, Gambo. Burnsy, what's going on? 2-1, that's what's going on. 2-1, two, 2-1, one, two, one, yeah. 2-1, although... Yeah, I thought we'd get a little rest last night. We logged a lot of minutes taking notes. I'll tell you what. Like, like, that game. Yeah, that's... Uh, what we have, what we're going to do, like an extra hour-long show today on the Burns and Gambo show to kind of mimic what the Suns did last night. Yeah. My goodness, their starters played eight. Let's try not to make this minutes. show as hard as it needs to be, all right? Ooh, yeah, let's try to, let's see, everybody, yeah. let's try to make it nice and easy today. Let's have a nice, be easy. easy Friday, right? Like, mm-hmm. Eric, I'm getting two thumbs up from Eric. Let's just coast into the weekend and not make it so damn hard the way it was so damn hard for the Phoenix Suns. I said it was so well, When hard. did they tip off? They tip off in like two minutes? <laughs> a short turnaround. So when's that next game start? Less than 24 hours. 2.30 today? It's 12.30 tomorrow is when it starts. For yeah. Sakes. But a win is a win is a win, and obviously that is our top story of the day today on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. And the Suns reset with eight to shoot. Booker drives past man through the lane, hangs in the air, puts it off the window and in. Count that baby and the foul. The big time deuce in damage for D-Book with 42 seconds left. He's got 44 and counting, and the Suns are up eight. Never thought, never thought they would lose the game, right? I probably thought that they would coast to the victory. I know Kawhi, no Paul George. Give the Clippers all the credit in the world and Ty Lue for busting their ass and come up with a game plan that made the Suns work so damn hard to get a win. Mm. Um, but man, how special was... Yeah, you know, I, I kind of wrote the good, the bad, and the ugly. And, the, you know, the good was Devin Booker. Um, the bad was DeAndre Ayton. The ugly was Chris Paul, right? That was the good, the bad, and the ugly. KD doesn't fit into any of those categories, but the, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly. And man, the, the good, I mean, it was just Devin Booker's shot making ability is something that's just, uh, it's, 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 it's fun to watch. It is. It is. It's fun to watch. Now, in the nervousness of, oh my God, are they going to win this game? Are they going to blow this, this, this? I couldn't even imagine them losing it home. And listen, I think I'll, we'll all say this. Kawhi Leonard would have played last night. They probably would have lost. If they played like that. I, yeah. I don't know I, that they win that game if Kawhi Lennon plays. I, I mean, it, it, if they play like the, they, they did last night, I don't think they would have won that game either if Kawhi Leonard had played. But he didn't. And, and the, it, look, it was such a weird game and such a hard game. And, and it, it, every single, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, but just to kind of you know get into some of the issues of the game last night, there were six, seven, eight times last night where we thought, okay, that's it. This is done. Suns are good. They're, they're going to be fine. They're going to yeah. cruise. They get up they're by 12, coast. 13, and be six. They're okay. Get up by 12, 13, then it'd be six. It yep. was like you just couldn't, they couldn't get that final, you know, that, that final knockout punch. Even as early as like the second quarter when Durant and Paul and Book hit those back to back to back three pointers, and yep. I think they went up eight or nine. I'm like, okay, that's it. They're, they'll, they'll be fine. They're going to win this game by 20. Here comes the coast victory. Here comes the either. No, even until the end. And you said you never thought they were going to lose. I, I'll admit it. There was a moment when the, the when the Clippers cut it to three. I thought, oh my god, are they going to lose this game? 
It was it's down to three with like a minute 17 left after Westbrook hits the two free throws because Craig fouled him after the eight and two missed free throws. So when Torrey hit the three? And, yeah, and I thought it was then Torrey hit the three after that. Um, and I thought, oh my God, they're down. They're up to only three. They're going to lose this game. But let's let's talk about Devin Booker because Devin Booker yeah, is the one we need to talk about. It's it's incredible. I mean, what he's been able to accomplish in play. I mean, it's just it's 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 just special. These these plays that he's making. I mean, overall, I mean, you look at the numbers. Eight 18 out of 29. Wow. I mean, he took 29 shots, 45 points. He had six rebounds. He had five. He had three assists. He had three steals and two blocks. Mm-hmm. I, I, you, oh, how do you have a better game than hold that? On. Time out. Yeah. Here's how you have a better game than that. The mm-hmm. one number you didn't mention. Zero. The turnovers. Zero. Zero turnovers. turnovers. Yeah. That's how you have a better game. He I mean, his impact. all over one Time last night. His impact on a defensive end is blowing me away in this series because he was a bad defensive player for most of his career. Mm-hmm. And then when Chris got here, he learned how to become an adequate defensive player. And then he actually got halfway decent at it. Not enough to say he's a great defender, but you know, he got halfway decent at it. The level of de- the defense that he's playing with now, the blocks, the steals, the energy, I mean, this is elite level defense. Nobody's talking about it, but it's the truth. Devin Booker's playing elite level defense. This is not something we've ever seen out of him. Again, it was really bad when he got here. He was a turnstile. Guys went around him like he wasn't there. People picked on him. You wanted that matchup. Then eventually, I think when Chris came, he got to the point where he was decent. He was halfway decent at he worked hard. The effort was there. You could tell the effort was there. Chris was rubbing off on him. What I'm seeing now is a level of defense I've never seen from Devin Booker before. Everybody's going to talk about the offense. I get it. 45 points. Unbelievable. He knocked down, you know, three, three points. Like, I get it. I mean, those numbers stand out by themselves. But how do you not mention how hard this guy's playing defensively in the place he's coming up with? Oh, I think you have to mention it. And I, I, it's worthy of, I mean, look, he did it to Zubats again last night. I mean, just Zubats is standing there looking for the handoff and Devin Booker just comes around and goes, I'll take that, thank you. That was a great play. It was, it was, it was a, a great play. He's in a row now. He's done it to Zubats where he's literally just taking the ball out of his hands and, and, and going down the and, other end and for and a that, dunk. That's what Russ does. You know, some, some of these players have this uncanny ability to get behind a player where he doesn't know you're there, and then when they hold the ball up, they just take it from you. They swat it. That play with Zubac was a thing of beauty. The blocks on Russ was like, hey, anything you could do, I could do better, because Russ has been pretty good at doing that. So I just, I just wanted to start with that because I think that he is playing at a very high level defensively. Monty, after the game, called him the thermostat of our team. The guy who sets the temperature for the rest of the team. I mean, it's what he's been doing this series. You know, I told him after game one he was the thermostat for the team. And uh, he set the tone and temperature for 48 minutes, not just from the start. And to have him play that many minutes and we needed it and have that kind of production speaks to his ability to not just physically grind it out, but mentally grind it it's out. It's funny, all the, all the platitudes about Devin Booker and all the great things we're saying about him, I think about that game last night, and I think what will stick with me more than anything was how it started. It got off to another really awkward start, right? Like, it just everything felt disjointed, everything felt out of whack, everything felt just interrupted the whole time. I think Devin Booker recognized that with about five minutes into the first quarter, where it was like, okay, I gotta go in a 
takeover mode. Now, whether this is going to last the whole game or not, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to need to do this the whole game. But right now, we're lost out here. We're not functioning the way we're supposed to function as an offense. It was kind of, and then at some point, and I know you've got your notes there in front of yeah, me. I'm, I'm just kind of going off my memory here. Some point about seven minutes into the first quarter, eight minutes to go in the first quarter, he's just like, okay, takeover mode. And he just started. It was like every, to the point where I thought, man, is he shooting the ball too much? And then my other side of the brain went, no, they need him to shoot the ball this much because nobody else right now is capable of getting it done. Nobody else right now is dialed in the way they need to be dialed in. And Devin Booker is saving their butts with the way he's playing in the first quarter. That is what I will think of when I think of this game for Devin Booker. Yeah, and I think, you know, and I think after that, you could just see what he did, you know, in the second quarter. And then just going on and looking at it, it just every quarter it's just the, the impact that he had in the game on every single quarter was great the second quarter I'm just looking at the second he hits the floater to make it 21 29-21 then he goes at Morris and gets the foul three point play um, so yeah the and they had the steal and hits the wide open three. That was my. That was another one of my favorite plays. That was part of that nine nothing run where he the back to back to back threes. The one he got off the steal right. He really got off the steal. Yeah, he's now, just they standing weren't there showing just like it on the broadcast. Two, right. How did they get the ball? Right. I, right. I didn't know. He got now. Eventually, about a minute later, they showed it to you how he got the ball. Um, but that one where he just stole the ball, and then the two guys from the Clippers just what do you what did you do? And they're talking to each other while Devin Booker's got the ball at the three point line. Hey, what what? Why didn't you come get the ball? And the yeah. guy said, "Why well, thought you were going to pass it to me? No, no, I thought you were going to throw it to the other guy." No. And Booker's just standing there waiting for somebody to go. Okay, you don't want to come guard me? Bang! I'll knock down a three. <laughs> I mean, I was got such a kick out of that because there were two Clippers yeah. that were sitting there, like looking at each other, like, "What did you just do? What did you do? What did you do? What did you do? What did you do?" And then Booker's sitting there, like, "Okay, just going to knock down a three, wide open." Like, yeah, all day. Cut out a cup of coffee. Kevin Durant after the game. All time. Great performance. Playoffs like that on a road. Game three, 45. With that efficiency, like, I expect stuff like this from at this point. I'm pretty set the tone. Getting to the rim. Making plays for others. Just controlling the whole game. That's the other thing that struck me about his performance last night. There is so much attention being paid to Kevin Durant's presence on this team. And I'm not just talking about defenders on the court paying attention to Durant. I'm talking about all of us. Suns fans. People in the media. People who talk about this team. and broadcast about this team for a living. We spend so much time talking about Kevin Durant. It feels like it has freed up Devin Booker to be the best version of himself, right? That was the first thing we noticed. Yeah, in a way, Chris Paul could never do never or do, anybody right? else could ever do. When yeah. Kevin Durant made his debut with the Suns, that was the first thing we were struck by. Look at what this has done for Devin Booker. Look at the thing back in March when Kevin Durant, look at what this has done for Devin Booker. And that continues to be the story about Kevin Durant. Look at what he he is doing for Devin Booker. And I don't know how much credit to give Durant for this. I'll have Eric check on it. Did we do a poll question back before Durant got like, who's going to be the biggest benefactor of Durant? And didn't most people think it was going to be Aiden? I think so. Yeah, didn't I thought that? it was going to be Aiden. Did a lot of people think it was going to be DeAndre Aiden? I, I remember. We're going to have to do it now. Eric, we got all day, man. I'm here for a long time. I'm here for a long time. <laughs> Uh, I'm here for a good time and a long time. <laughs> we'll, All right, we'll settle we in. Can, your we seat. got plenty of time. We're man. not making it harder on ourselves. No, today. We're, we're, honestly, we're we're, we're going to be the anti Phoenix Suns today. You can hit me with nice, that at any point in the next four hours, man. I ain't going anywhere. Nice, easy kickback cruise to a twenty point mm-hmm. victory kind of Friday here on the Burns and Gambo Show. We're not making things hard on ourselves today, Eric. You take your sweet 
old time over there. Score the hottest ticket in town. Their son's playoff tickets. You can text the word ticket to 620-620. Register. Listen for your name on Monday and Tuesday during the 7 a.m., 12 p.m., and 5 o'clock hours for your chance to qualify for Game 5 tickets to see the Suns take on the Clippers. Again, that's ticket. To six twenty six twenty, Devin Booker was amazing last night, but he had plenty of time to be great. Is that going to affect him? We'll talk about it next. Burns and Yabo. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Burns and Gambo talk Suns Clippers. Now, Durant again gets the inbounds pass in the Clippers. will call off the dogs. They will let KD dribble out the remaining second. And the Suns win 129-124. The final score in game three of this first round playoff matchup with the Clippers. I think about this line to this song that I don't need Mitch to find. No one said it would be so easy, but no one said it would be so damn hard either. No one said it Is would be... Is that Ringo? No, it's... It don't come easy. It's Sheryl Crow. It's Sheryl Crow. No, it no one said it would be easy, but no one said it would be this damn hard. Last night was so damn hard. Yeah. Why did it have to be so hard? Why did Devin Booker have to play 45 minutes? Why did Kevin Durant have to play 42 minutes? It should never have been that tough. No, I mean, you were, you were hoping that you, you know that these guys they they get you know like they were gonna they get up by fifteen they get up by twenty they rest guys and maybe they take the whole fourth quarter off especially with the short turnaround since they got to play early Saturday um, but the minutes were the minutes were crazy I mean it was it was a lot of minutes for the Sun Stars Booker played forty five KD played forty one Chris Paul played forty one no rest for the weary right no rest. Three star players with 41 minutes. You had an interesting note. This entire series, Booker sat for like 11 minutes? 11 minutes and 21 seconds the Damn. whole series. Jeez. Damn. Right? Now, listen, I do think with the crate, like, it's not basketball like, you know, like we grew up with. It's, man, is because you got reviews. You know, like a review takes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was the, the, the Clippers had a review early in the game. Like, okay, that's two minutes of rest. There's timeouts. There's TV timeouts. There's long timeouts. TV timeouts. There's stoppage in play with all the free throws. And so guys get a little breather there. It's not like you're going 100 miles a minute the entire game. Uh, but still, nonetheless, that over time, those minutes will add up if you're going, if you're going to play four. If you play one series, I mean, it doesn't matter. But if you're going to play four, 40 minutes a game over 16, you know, 20, 25 games may make a big difference. He sat, he being Devin Booker. We'll focus on Devin Booker, though. It wasn't just him, obviously, as, as Paul had over 40 minutes and Durant had over 40 minutes. But we focus on Booker because, as you mentioned, he has rested in this series a total of 11 minutes and 21 seconds. The one rest he got last night was about three and a half minutes in the second quarter where he sat. And, and they, Valley Sports Arizona did a good job of showing him as he was coming off the court. He did not want to come off the floor. He did not want, and that's Booker. That's who he is. That's what he's about. After the game, he says, look, I feel great, guys. I actually feel good. Um, you know, this is, this is what you ramp up for. This is what you prepare for. Um, you know, 
if it was up to me, I wouldn't went out those 12 minutes. So, you know, my body feels good, and, you know, it was a must-win tonight. And there's part of me, Gambo, i got to be honest with you and everybody listening right now, there's part of me that says when you trade Mikel and when you trade Cam and when you trade Jay, what did you think was going to happen, right? Like, this was, this was kind of the style of basketball that you were signing up for, a very top-heavy, yeah. a very minutes-heavy. It's going to be very star-laden. And, you, and, you need them. Stars and, and, win. And, and this is this is how you're going to win. So in some ways, this is part of the plan of how they're going to win basketball games. I guess what bugs me, and I suspect what bugs you too, no Kawhi, no Paul George, a game that multiple times the Suns were on the verge of just cracking it open and staying there. That should have been a moment where Devin Booker doesn't play 45 minutes, he plays 38 minutes. Mm-hmm. Where Kevin Durant mm-hmm. doesn't play 42 minutes, he plays 36. Sure. That's where they failed last. They won. They're up 2-1. But to not take advantage of those moments, those pockets in the mm-hmm. game where they could, that, that's where the you failure think, was. You don't think night. that's what they're talking about in Clipperland right now? Oh, you Hey, bet. we made them after. We made them after work. You bet they, We made they them. They had to work the whole game. No, they didn't get no rest. And now if Kawhi comes back, he'll be well rested. He didn't play. I mean, that's what you think. You, did you wear them out? You wore them out. I mean, so that there's a moral victory there that it doesn't count for a whole lot because in the end, the Clippers lost the game, and they probably, you know, they probably probably felt like we could have won that game. We could have won that game if we could have grabbed an offensive rebound, but they were playing so small. I mean, everybody was five eleven that was playing in the game, <laughs> but they, you know, it was, you know, look, DeAndre Eben was able to grab an offensive rebound. Why? Because the guy guarding him was five ten. So it's not wrong. Yeah, I mean, you're that's, not telling a lie. Like that's why. But I do. Think that if you're the Clippers right now, you're thinking, okay, all right, we got a short turnaround time. We just wore you out. You didn't get the rest of those guys. You couldn't clear your bench at all the entire game. Kevin Durant dribbled it out. Why? Because he was on the court because the game was not determined yet. So those guys were on the court at the end. So if you're the Clippers, again, a little moral victory doesn't matter. You're down to one, but you think about that. That hey, we pushed them. We pushed them. They may be a little exhausted. They may be a little tired. They don't have a lot of time to recover. I, I didn't see it, but um, a guy I follow on Twitter, uh, Stephen Prijone, who kind of covers the team for Bright Side of the Sun, made this point on Twitter. I, I wasn't watching the NBA TV post game show, but I think Jamal Crawford was on it. I, t- I did watch it. Did I, you, I taped. I actually. I actually taped it because I had like five people texted me like, I can't watch the game. I can't watch the game. It's blacked out. I don't know what to do. I'm like, I don't know. Go get Bally Sports Arizona, man. I go, sorry, man. I don't sorry, know dude. Like, you. I don't, you know, so I don't. I, so, but then I did you want my tape. password. I'll give it to you. You know, did you offer yeah. your password? No. <laughs> did my that. wife give you 50 bucks yet? Uh, the, I'll take random questions for three hundred. I owe you no. for the MLB. She did not. Your oh, your wife is not texting her right now. It's fine. There's no rush. I don't do the Venmo you know stuff. But I told her like twice. You're good for it. I'm, I'm good for it. I'm, I'm fine. Um, yeah, I did tape it, and then I watched Jamal. I watched Jamal Crawford okay. this morning. So I taped it. So after the game was over, I went to NBA TV. I taped their pregame show because I would do the same thing. I, I watch it on Bally Sports mm-hmm. because I like my our local guys. I like our local guys. I want to support local. So I watch them. Shop local. Shop when local. Races, support the, local. The boom room the for boom the Kevin room. Durant. <laughs> Break down oh, the boom room. It's Kevin Durant in the boom room. And like, EJ's oh. like, what? What? What did you just say? <laughs> did you can, just we try, say can we try a new phrase, maybe? <laughs> Let's go back to the drawing board on that one. Go get it, K-Ray. Go get the boom room, K-Ray. Yeah. <laughs> I like the boom room. Man, that's where, where's that's the seems like a place I hung out when I was about 20. Oh, no, no. Man, we'll, get, no. We'll, go, we'll go to the boom room tonight. No. No, you did no. not. No. What? No, you did what? not just Sounds say like that. a place you'd go <laughs> when you're a teenager. You guys go into that, why are we hanging out at the boom room? You want to go?
go. Meet us there. No, I'm going to Bring the Boone's Farm yeah. to the boom room. I'm try to pretend the last 20 seconds of my life did not happen. Oh, is, that, is that bad? Uh, well, d- d- depending on, yeah, what's going on in the boom room, it could be. Sure, absolutely. I, I don't even like... Um, what was I saying? Yeah, I, don't, I oh, threw you J- off completely. Jamal Crawford. Jamal Crawford. Mm-hmm. Apparently during the postgame show on NBA TV, he made a point about how, yeah, it's a lot of minutes for Durant. It's a lot of minutes for Paul. But given, uh, in addition to the breaks that are kind of built in with the timeouts and the free throws and things like that, apparently he made a point on the postgame show that by being stashed in the corners for stretches on offense, you're not doing a whole lot. Like, right. Like if, yes. Kevin, did you, do you remember him yeah, saying that? Of okay. course, yeah. yeah so uh, like, yep. there's Durant. He's in the corners. not doing a whole lot. Not that that's a rest, but it's kind of a rest. He's not kind of running around. Yeah, when you're in the corner. Which is why the guy that I worry about is Booker. Because he's not stashed in a corner. No, no. He's, he's running around for 45 minutes. He's doing everything. Yeah, he's but he's literally a, doing everything. He's out got there. a little of Mikhail in him. There is a there is a real boom room. I don't doubt. It's in Philadelphia. Okay, yeah. It's a recording studio, recording uh, rehearsals, oh, live you, video, you private events. Boom, the boom room. The boom room. I get it now. Yeah, maybe K Ray was recording a hit song in the boom room I one day that. in Philadelphia. Heard K Ray sing? Not so much. Yeah, probably not. No. Uh, what the hell was I just saying? Uh, you were talking. Oh, but, about, I think he's. A little bit. He's got a little McHale in him. He's got a little McHale in him. The way he's built, like Chris Paul, short, stocky. You can just like you can tell he'll he'll get he'll get worn out. KD, tall and skinny, and like every time he goes up and he comes down, I'm worried. Like, close your eyes. Is he okay when he lands? Booker's built a little bit like you know McHale's wiry, but um, he's like the Energizer Bunny. But you know, books like that. Like I don't see book like gassing on the court sometimes like you see other players. Mm. Sometimes you see players and you know they're tired. They'll grab their knees they'll, at a timeout. You, you can tell they're exhausted. I, you don't see that with Book very often. No, I, I think, I, I remember saying this like a week ago. The only time I ever notice when Devin Booker is tired is when he starts making like really bad decisions. You know, like like it seems like he's almost more mentally fatigued than he is physically fatigued. And because of that, he makes poor choices with the bats. Now, obviously it didn't happen last night. He had zero turnovers in that whole game, which to me is still, forget the four. 45 points. The fact that he had the rock in his hands that often and he didn't turn the ball over one time. Kevin Durant had six. You know, Devin Booker didn't have any at all. It's crazy. It's, yeah. I, I worry that if they don't find another steady source of offense other than just Devin Booker going off every single night, they're going to wear him down to the nub. And, and, and while that might not hurt them against the Clippers, there's going to be a price to pay somewhere down the well, road. Well, they don't have anybody that can guard him. That. I mean, he, his ability to get to the hole was incredible because they've got nobody that can guard him. He gets past everybody. When you play the Nuggets, you'll have somebody that can guard you. When you play... Um, if you play the Milwaukee in the finals, Drew Holiday gives them a heart. There are there are plenty of guys in this league that aren't going to let get, let Devin Booker get to the get to the hole as often as he did last night. Texas, your thoughts on the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty right now? When it comes to the Suns, if we get a chance, we'll read some of the best ones on the air. When we come back, Diamondbacks back home, looking to get out of a two game slide. We'll chat as we do every single week with their manager Tori Lovello, exclusively on Burns and Gambo next. Your exclusive home of the D-backs. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. D-backs manager Tori Lovello joins Burns and Gambo to talk D-backs baseball. Diamondbacks and the Padres tonight, game two of their four-game sets. And as he does every single Friday at 2.30, it is our pleasure to welcome on the manager of the Diamondbacks for his weekly exclusive conversation with us, Tori Lovello here on Burns and Gambo. Tori, how are you doing today? Happy Friday. 
Thank you, guys. I'm doing well. How are you? Good, good. We'll, we'll, we'll talk a lot about the, the great play with you guys. But I, first, I do want to get your, your thoughts on the decision the organization made after four starts to, to remove Madison Bumgarner from the roster uh, and let him try to go see if he can go play somewhere else. I, I know you gave him every opportunity, and I, I think the timing was perfect because you guys have a chance to win this year, and I, and I, I don't think you can give away games every fifth day. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, Gamble, that's how we were looking at it. We felt like um, we're, this team is trending in a very good direction. Uh, and, you know, every fifth day uh, when Bum's spot was coming up, he just wasn't performing. And really, this is a game about performance. And you got to be able to go out there and execute at a high level and, and, and get out and help your team win. Um, and, you know, the data that we were seeing, the things that we were watching just was showing us that the stuff wasn't that crisp and it wasn't it wasn't going to trend in a, in a much more positive direction. Um, so, you know, when you have those conversations, when they start to become real, um, you know, a lot of things are being said around us. Uh, we're aware of that. But when they finally do become real, um, you know, they're hard. They're hard conversations. You've got to say goodbye to somebody that has worked hard to try and make something good happen. And it just never really got to that point with him. And he was a true pro about it when we said goodbye to him. He wished us luck and said he wished he did a little bit better for us. And wherever he lands or whatever he does, um, we will wish him his best as well. When you started having those official, very real conversations, were there other alternatives discussed in terms of other things that you could have done with him in terms of potential injury or the bullpen or a different role? Or was this pretty much the the main idea that was only discussed when it came to what to do about Mad Bum? <laughs> Yeah, I, I, you know, we, we, we tossed a lot of different things around and it was a quick moving conversation. Um, you know, obviously we were watching it after the last start, um, prior to the, to his last one in Miami. Um, and, you know, we just felt like it would be a, a more a more healthy situation for him just to allow him to go and pursue starting somewhere else if that's where his heart where his heart was. And, you know, he worked hard um, and nothing that he did really seemed to work. And that's something that he continued to reiterate. He was always here trying to help us win baseball games. And I won't forget the conversation I had with him in spring training. He says, you're talking to me like I don't want to win. He said, nobody, nobody wants to win more than me. Trust me, Tori. You know, so that's where he is. That's who he is at his core and how he helps the team. I don't know how he would have helped this team. I just feel like it was time for us to move on. So there were real no other discussions about moving to the bullpen and just letting him figure it out there. We just felt like this was the right time to, to say goodbye and let him go on his way. All right, last one for me on this, and then we'll move on. But I I, I do want to ask you, was, was he pitching for his job on Wednesday against St. Louis? I think so. I think so. You know, I think uh, had he had a good start, um, we we probably wouldn't be having this conversation. We and, and things were trending in a very positive direction. We 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 were always waiting for him to to turn the corner and, and go lights out. But um, yeah, I, I, it's hard. It's hard for me to say. I'm not. I'm not the only one making this decision. I think it's a group effort. The conversation obviously starts with the front office. So yeah, I think if he had a good start, we we wouldn't have been in this position. Um, but because he didn't, that's how this game is. All right, the decision to go with Tommy Henry. Um, I know Brandon Fat would be on nine days rest if you didn't have him pitch last night in Reno, and it just didn't work out that way. And you know, Tommy's got some major league starts under his belt. You know, you've had him before. Give me your thoughts on 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 his ability to come up here and pitch for you guys. Yeah, first of all, he deserves it. His his last start was a good one. Um, You know, the stuff is is sharp. The fastball velocity uh, is anywhere from eighty nine to ninety two, ninety three miles an hour. He's still working into that velocity. 
but you know, he, his 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 repeatability is something that we've always talked about um, with his delivery. And when he's doing it right and everything's timed up right, he can go up and, and get some big outs and, and win some baseball games for us. So. We're excited about Tommy's ability to come up here and help us win. He wouldn't have gotten that call if it, if it you know, wasn't very deserving. And um, we feel very strongly about who he is and the development that he's shown early on in this season. Troy Lovello, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo show for his weekly visit, D-backs on the Padres tonight. Obviously, in addition to Tommy Henry now, it's it's a, a real lean into the youth that you've got in the organization when it comes to your starting pitching. We saw Ryan Delson last night. We saw Dre Jameson the other day against St. Louis. We've seen a lot of Dre Jameson so far this year. How comfortable and how confident are you in their ability now that they're really truly being counted on in this rotation to deliver now that they are kind of option A and B and C for you? Yeah, um, you know, Mike, Mike and I talked about that. He said, how comfortable are you potentially starting three rookies, um, you know, in a, in a very rugged division? And, you know, I, I just have the same things to fall back on that everybody else says is watching the same level I am. Um, you know, Dre Jameson uh, and Ryan Nelson were fantastic last year. They're trending in a, still in a very positive direction. Tommy gave us a lot of hope last year when, when he was called up and we saw some really strong outings. So um, I, I told him I'm comfortable with it. Uh, you know, it's we're just evaluating the guys, the stuff, and the ability to command the baseball to win baseball games. And, you know, that's, that's to me at the end of the day, no matter who's doing it, no matter who's throwing it, we're gonna we're gonna be just fine, and we've trained our young players. We our young players have been told by me, by others, you don't come up here to just be a helper and get by. When you come to the big leagues, a young player is expected to perform at a high level to help us win baseball games. So that's been ingrained inside of inside of player development, inside of the player development system and the players' mind that are coming up. Years and years ago, you'd get a call up and you'd sit on the bench for two weeks, and just happy to be there, waiting to contribute and if you got lucky enough to get on a run you'd stay there that's not the case anymore we are in this phase here especially in arizona baseball is trending in this way as well but especially in arizona we count on our young players they got to come up here and perform right away and they all know it i like ryan nelson he had some struggles last night especially with the long ball you know the bogarts two run homer uh just left that pitch way up and and then carpenter who did it you know i liked carpenter's bounce back last year with the yankees he's got some pop he hits that home run but i, I love the way you guys did battle back. You're down 5-1. You come back, you make it 5-3. Then you get the double off the wall by Goriel 5-4. The wild pitch ties it. And I'll tell you, I thought Thomas, he's a great center fielder. He almost had a beat on that. And that was a, that was a good hit ball by Grisham for the two-run double. Uh, but that's a play that, you know, that, uh, that he can make. It was a hard play. Uh, but you guys were that close to being able to come back and win that game. Man, you're right on. You are right on. We the team fights. It's it's got a great heart, um, and you know they they get they get hyper focused when they need to, and they knew what was going on at, at five to one. We had an uphill battle, but we just kept clawing away at it. Uh, and you're right, we did tie the game. And you know, unfortunately, the play wasn't made on defense by by a Gold Glove shortstop caliber shortstop. Um, and then you know we were a couple couple inches, maybe less from getting out of that inning. So, yeah, I think if we get back into that, I got a 5-5, five five, we win that game. That's the type of momentum push that, that uh, you know, that type of play and that type of moment can give a team. And we're always trying to capitalize on that. And the beauty of this team is, like I said, there is no shutdown. They fight. They fight every single day. And that's something that I demand and I really like. 
Tori Lovello, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo show. Is it is it still closer by committee? In your mind, is it Andrew Chafin when you've got a save situation in the ninth, or is it still kind of an open-ended question for you when it comes to who's going to be that guy who gets that save? Yeah, I think it's going to stay the same for me right now. Um, Chafe has been fantastic. Uh, you know, it's obviously a guy that I've leaned on in different ways for many, the many years that we've been together. Uh, and, and he hasn't let us down. I know there was a little hiccup the other day, and, and Castro came in and got the save. But I'm going to match it up. You know, there's three or four guys there on the back end, and you know the names. You've seen them pitch late in games before here. So I'm just going to match it up, and I'm going to do it the best way that I can. A wall of lefties, it'll be Chafe, and a wall of righties, it'll be McGuff or Castro. Uh, and it seems to be working right now. These guys have accepted that responsibility, and they're going out and making pitches. No, I love watching you guys play. Me and the family are we're coming to the game tomorrow. Going to catch you and the Padres, but let me ask you about the stolen bases because I, um, I, and I, I'm sure I'll get a great explanation from you. You had none against the Padres, only one against St. Louis, only one against the Marlins. Is it is it these teams are more aware of your stealing now? Is it just you're not you haven't been in the best situations to steal? You guys came out of the gate running uh, running everybody ragged, but lately the stolen bases have been down. I'm not sure why, but maybe you could explain it. Yeah, I think I think it ebbs and flows based on on the strategy of the game and how the game is going. You know, if you're down a bunch of runs, you don't you don't want to have a line drive bounce you into a double play and you're out of an A. So we really pick our spots to run and we want to do it successfully. So teams have made some adjustments to us and and they they've figured out how to shut us down or at least slow us down. We're going to continue to run. Uh, that's that's part of our DNA here. But certain organizations and you'll be able to tell who they are quickly if you get the information and the data that we get before games. Certain teams don't care about controlling the running game. They don't even they don't pay much attention to it, nor do they have the capabilities of stopping it, whether it's the catcher or the pitcher's kick time. So those are the teams that when we walk on, we, we at 640 when we're between the lines, we already know what we're going to do. Other teams, we talk about it, we have to be careful. A good catcher, he throws the ball well. Um, you know, if the situation is, is warranted to steal some bases and take some risks, we will. Uh, and then also other organizations work very hard at controlling the running game with throwovers at the right time and kick time to the plate less than one, 1.45 seconds. So a lot goes into it, but it's copycat league and you'll see teams trying to shut us down, but still we're going to find, find our way. We believe in this here. We know that it disrupts timing and the rhythm of a pitcher. And when you do that, they make mistakes and those balls end up going over the fence. I appreciate your time, Tori, as always. Good luck tonight and this weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Okay, boys. Talk to you soon. You got it, Skip. Troy Lovello joining us on the Arizona Sports Line. D-backs and the Padres tonight. Zach Gallen getting the start for the Diamondbacks. 641st pitch. You'll hear it here on His, Arizona uh, Sports. Bobblehead day tomorrow for Zach Gallen. Oh. Yeah, oh, give it away to Zach Gallen bobblehead. Very, very nice. Mm-hmm. Very, very Get nice. Get out to the ballpark. Now I know why you're going to the ballgame tomorrow. It's my kid. Um, my kid likes Tatis, too. Oh, like, okay. He's okay. a Diamondback fan, but he does like yes. watching Tatis play. So the Padres are in town, and Tatis is back, so he wanted to go see Tatis play, so we're going to go to the game tomorrow. Back to the Phoenix Suns. They struggled in this area in the first two games. Last night, they finally won the category, and certainly it helped for them to win the game. We'll talk about it coming up here on Burns and Gambo. The Burns and Gambo need to know. Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. Chill Friday here on the Burns and Gambo show. We're relaxed. Trying not to make things too hard on ourselves, like our favorite basketball team did last night, right? We're just trying to nice. cruise into a nice 20-point win on a Friday afternoon, right? Is that Eagles song, that, that uh, gentle, easy? Easel, easy feeling. I, I got a yeah, peaceful, easy I feeling. I got a peaceful, easy feeling. We just won today. 
No stress. Hopefully. I mean, if no. If no. No pills. No pills. Oh, no stress. No pills. No Bob Ross. No Bob Ross. But it's going to be this kind of day, right? Like we're just going to... No, gonna, this show, we're going to... Listen, we're going we're gonna to kill this show. I'm actually going to leave at, at, at 5 o'clock. <laughs> um, you know, get some rest. Get some extra rest. Got to come back so Monday. Good. He does a four-hour show in three. In three well, hours, you know, right? we're going to take... Like the fourth quarter. Taking the fourth quarter off. I'm going to take the fourth... This up. If you're up by enough, if you played well That's enough right. in the first three... Here, right. You know, we're in the first quarter right now. We're building a little bit of a league. Going to try and expand on that. And, you know, if we're up big... We'll bring the bench guys in, we and uh, need, we don't need 360 minutes at a Gambo uh, today. You know, uh, it's a 360 minute basketball game here in Burns and Gambo. We got We're another gonna, show on Monday. Okay, we'll just sneak your breaks in in the breaks. <laughs> we got so another show on Monday. Rest. <laughs> get a little extra rest. <laughs> We're Take just that to, fourth quarter off. Be the, even though the Suns won last night, we're just we're just trying to get mm. that peaceful, easy feeling. So with this calm music in the background, Ruby, you you, you good in there? You I've got right? a nice, peaceful question for you guys. Oh, it's you know what? Quite a delightful one, it's, actually. That's good. I, I'm looking forward to delightful after the stress of last night. So give, give me something peaceful and easy today. What do you got? Is this the best basketball we've ever seen Devin Booker play? Yes or no? That's a really good question. It is. And yeah, there have been better offensive games. There have not been better complete games. So the answer is yes. Because honestly, I've been watching this kid since he got here. Okay. He's never played defense like this. The blocks, the steals, the anticipation, the way his mind is working. I don't, I have to say, I'd have to say yes, but because of the all around game, because we've seen great offensive performances, but overall, yes. That's a compelling argument you make. And since we're in a peaceful, easy kind of frame of mind today, I, I just don't feel compelled to argue with Gambo about that one. So, yes, it's the best stretch of basketball we've ever seen out of Devin Booker right now. Nobody's arguing with anybody because 83% of our audience agrees that, yes, this is the best basketball we've ever seen that. Devin Booker play. Other radio stations are taking a timeout right now. Timeout! Yeah, yeah. Timeout! Not us. We're on a roll. I, no, we, 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 uh, no we're, we're, we're doing not, not a minute's long. We're okay. I just I'm curious with the Twitter thing. Are we still able to do polls? Yeah, we're getting a good amount of votes, the same amount that we were getting before. And I'm assuming not everybody's paying for a blue check, so I think that part of it might have maybe not happened. Okay, because for people who don't know, we were like informed that once the blue check thing went away, the only way you could vote in a Twitter poll was to have the little blue check by your name, right? Yeah, I don't think that's happening yet. Okay, even though my blue check's gone, your blue check, the show blue check is gone. gone. Yeah, we actually didn't even know if you guys were the real yous when you walked in yesterday. <laughs> just Eric, just look into my soul. You'll know it's me. I got you, Burns. I stole that line from Darren Irvin. Thank you, Darren. Appreciate that. All right, that's the poll question. You can find it on the Burns and Gambo page. Oh, by the way, speaking of poll questions, Gambo, since yeah. you asked, Eric was uh, kind enough to direct message me the poll question that you had inquired about earlier. Okay, read the question. Who will benefit the most... As a result of the Suns acquiring Kevin Durant. Okay. It, the answer is Booker. But what did we what did we vote for at that time? Devin Booker. Forty point four percent. The audience. The audience voted for Devin Booker. Listeners. You guys are smart. Yeah. We got some smart listeners. Devin Booker got the leading. I, I voted for DeAndre Ayton. I thought he was going to get crazy open looks, and so that would have been where my vote went. He finished in second. Chris Paul finished in third. Um, Kevin Durant finished in fourth at 11%. Devin Booker won it at 40.4%. So the majority of our listeners back then said that Devin Booker will benefit the most from Kevin Durant being here. Yeah. Smart. Yeah, very smart. Smart. Very smart. Smart basketball fans uh, here. Speaking of 
of smarts, if you looked at the math of this series, and we promised there would be no math, but we're going to dive into this just on a, on a very shallow level here. Yeah, no pills oh, either. Okay, no pills, no so. math, no pills. We're okay. taking it really easy on this Friday afternoon, unlike the Suns last night. A lot of people pointed to math as why the Clippers had a chance in this series, and they pointed to the free throw discrepancy and the three-point discrepancy and the offensive rebounds and the second-chance points. And they basically said, look, the Clippers, our own Kellen Olsen, he was on with us. He wrote preview after preview about this at ArizonaSports.com, and they were all kind of slanted around the idea of the Clippers are going to try to win the math game. They're going to try to shoot more free throws and more threes and kill the Suns on the offensive boards. Man, did that take a flip last night, didn't it? Well, you're playing everybody that's 5'10". Like, you're going to foul. Like, you know, the Suns had 46 free throws in this basketball game. That's the most in a playoff game since Miami in 2020. It was 21 more than the Clippers shot. And and the most that the Phoenix Suns have ever shot. Now, why do you go to the free throw line so much when they couldn't guard anybody? They weren't able to guard. They didn't have Kawhi Leonard. They didn't have Paul George. Couldn't guard anybody. They had to foul. And they even got to the point where they got to the foul of biz, right? They got the, okay, we're down a little bit. Yeah, Yeah, we're going to hack a biz. Hack a biz. Send them to the free throw line. And so there were some extra fouls there. But I think the, I I, I just really think that without the size, they because they did play a lot of small ball in that game. Without the size, they were relegated to fouling. And then when you're down to, you know, you're trying to foul, you know, to put them in the penalty, trying to foul to get them to the free throw line and save the clock. But yeah, that, that wasn't close. The offensive rebounds, too, is another one. I mean, eight offensive rebounds in the fourth quarter for the Phoenix Suns. Well, and that was the, and we'll talk more about Ty Lue a little bit later um, because of the, of the, the way, you, and you referenced it a second ago, you know, the, the five guards out there. I mean, he just leaned into it completely. Well, when you do that, man, you better get eight offensive rebounds in the fourth quarter. But some of those offensive rebounds, looking at you, DeAndre Ayton, looking at you, Torrey Craig, those, those saved the Phoenix Suns last night. I don't know where they would be without those moments last night. So, yeah, the Clippers went small. Yeah, that five-guard lineup messed with the Suns, clearly. But it did also put them in a position that off of misses to be able to corral the yeah. offensive board and get a second chance really, really helped them last night. I thought night. that one of the big plays, they're up 122 to 116. This is after, uh, and it, you know, Book Westbrook missed a shot, and Book kind of poked the rebound out to Paul uh, before Westbrook could grab it on a defensive end. And then the shot goes up by Booker. It's a three, and he misses it. And you're only up six, but DeAndre Ayton grabs the offensive rebound. Huge offensive rebound. He flips it to KD. He gives it back to, to Book. He drives for the layup and the foul. So in, instead of Clippers with the ball down six, it's Clippers with the ball down nine because of that big offensive rebound led to a Devin Booker and one situation. Uh, Booker talked about that late rebound by DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, you know, that's what I said when they're, you know, going five, five guards out there and you miss shot, I'm telling you, yeah, you should have it. You know, there should be no guard that can box you out and he did just that. That was important. Yeah. Just, in, just in case. Yeah. I like that. Hey, DeAndre, just in case you're confused here about this, I hope you understand that when there's five guards out there, there's really no excuses for you not to get the offensive rebound. Like, I know that's kind of you know, not your strength, not your strong suit, but when there's five guards out there, we kind of need you to get every single one that even remotely comes your way because yeah. nobody should really challenge right. you for that. You right. know? You're bigger than everybody else. When the ball comes off the backboard, you you, you grab the rebound. And uh, and that, that was a factor for the Clippers in the first two games, the offensive rebounds. But for the Suns, that was, that was one of those stats that really stood out for them, especially the eight offensive rebounds in the fourth quarter. Yeah, no. 
it, it helps Kevin Durant after the game. Yeah, I mean, they went super small. Like, and they got four guards that crashed the glass. They got, they got guards that just play extremely hard, play bigger than their size. You know, but when they went all five smalls, I felt like we had our, our advantage as well with offensive glass, and we was, uh, was able to get a few. D.A. was big. J.O. was big. Um, Tory was big. So we're going to need that going forward. As many opportunities we can get at the rim as possible is, uh, is good for us. Now, I know Clipper fans, they're not happy about the free throw discrepancy, right? The Suns took 46 of them. The Clippers took 25 of them. But much like we were talking about this when it was the Suns' problem and they were the ones sending teams to the lines too often, they're fouling. Those are fouls. They're Those fouls. Are, yeah. They're fouls. You know, like, like it's, it's, you look at it and go, you're playing a bunch of small guys out there. You don't have Kawhi Leonard. You don't have guys who are naturally good defenders. You got Norman Powell on Devin Booker, for goodness sakes. I mean, that's the, one of the worst matchups in the NBA. You, 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 you're almost required to foul. The Suns got into the bonus what, like eight minutes to go in the third quarter of that game? Like, it was a parade to the free throw line in the third quarter. Well, they also, George, they also didn't settle for a lot of mid-range shots. They went to the rim a they lot. They went to the rim a lot. We're going to talk about that a little bit. They went to the rim a lot more last yeah, night. And that, you know, leads to, you know, fouls and N1 situations and, and things like that. The, the, the game dictated that the Suns play a different style. The game dictated that. That they play a little bit differently. So, um, that all worked to their advantage. And, and the number... Now, now now, I don't know this. I don't know this. Because we had the over. You set the over-under on the three-pointers that it, the Clippers would take. It came in on the under. Yes. It came in on the under. Yes. What do we win? What's our <laughs> prize? A hearty congratulations. Yes. And a pat nice, on the back. easy Friday, baby. Yes. You know More what? Bob Ross music. Honestly, yeah. your, your win for that, I'm going to go down to the boss's office and I'll get you guys a piece of candy. How about that? I don't want candy. No. What if it's a peanut butter cup? Oh, it's Reese's. It's Reese's peanut butter cup. Maybe it's shaped like an egg. It's a Friday gambo. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Have a piece of candy. I don't want candy. You robots. What do you mean? I brought you that peanut butter egg last week. You were all happy about I, that. I, yeah, like once in a while. All right, you, you know, know what? For choosing, the, I, I set the over-under on three-point attempts by the Clippers yesterday, 42 and a half. They and what was it? Uh, 35. All right. Way under. Way under. Way under. Way, way under. Vegas took a bloodbath with your over-under. Huh? Candy for all the unders. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, was he Superman? Is he Batman? Is he Robin? Which superhero is Kevin Durant now that Devin Booker's doing all the heavy lifting? We'll talk about that coming up on Burns and Gambo. We're eating candy out of a vending machine for lunch today.